This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1288. Do you fight to be right? Five reasons why you might. By Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD, where I, Greg Audino, read articles to you that can help you improve the many relationships in your life in many ways. And today, we're going to be talking about arguing. That's right, Dr. Margaret Rutherford is going to offer some wisdom as to what might be underneath the fights we have with our partners, and how we might explore our motivations when doing so. So let's give her work the floor and optimize your life. Do you fight to be right? Five reasons why you might. By Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com I can't believe what you're saying. You don't remember that I asked you to pick Jackson up? He's called and there's nobody left but him and the coach. No, and stop screaming at me. You didn't ask me or I would remember. I'll just go get him now. Or, what were you saying to the guy at the party? Couldn't you see that he was coming on to you? He was not coming on to me. I'm not going to talk about it. Just because your first wife had an affair doesn't mean I am. You've got a problem. Sound familiar? Defensiveness. Blame. Not a lot of empathy going on. Or listening. Welcome to a lot of relationships. In the first scenario, the woman is not taking any responsibility for perhaps asking her husband to pick up little Jackson while he was watching the sports report on the 10 o'clock news. Never a good idea with the male gender. She did not have his attention, nor is she admitting her embarrassment that her kid appears abandoned. The husband, who is avoiding the whole topic, is perceiving that his wife is screaming, which she is likely not, does not consider that maybe he didn't hear his wife's request, quickly moves to problem-solving. Second scenario. I call this a minefield argument. Some topics, usually because of history, need to be discussed carefully. They are minefields of potential problems. In this relationship, the issue of trust is tricky. He was hurt by his first wife. He might be reading things too sensitively. She can't fix his hurt, but doesn't have to take it quite so personally if the issue comes up. The you've got a problem comment? She's throwing a verbal grenade because she feels attacked. If they both had a couple of cocktails at the party, this argument could get out of hand. These are, I'm right and you are not fights. A few things do have right answers. Where did we go on our honeymoon? Or what did your mother serve for Thanksgiving last year? Questions with factual answers. Somebody can go find a picture. All can see that it was Disney World and a fried turkey with cornbread stuffing. Most things folks argue about, sometimes viciously, don't have such an easy answer. An example would be a fight about whether Jackson should keep on playing football. However, his grades are suffering. There could be two very different viewpoints on that topic, two ways of handling things, both reflecting good points, neither likely a perfect solution. So, why do we argue? Why not recognize that the other person has a decent or important point of view? Here are five possible answers. Number one, criticism has become the primary way the two of you communicate. This can be true when both folks are fairly controlling. It just creeps in. Rarely do you compliment your partner on their choices or let them know their opinion is vital. It becomes a bad habit. Number two, you are basically insecure. A lot of insecurity exists in someone who forces their opinion, bullies, or tries to control things in a household. You don't have to try to control others if you have a quiet, solid sense of your own competence. You can legitimately discuss various perspectives 
because you don't need to feel superior. Number three, you believe backing down or not being in charge is weak. Maybe this was taught. Maybe you fear what others might think. The need becomes to belittle or demean the people around you. No one's going to tell you what to do. I will decide if your opinion is worth listening to. Number four, you're carrying around hurt, resentment, or anger. This makes any situation or topic fair game for an argument. You aren't mad about what you appear to be, but are looking for a way to vent your anger. You keep secret what is really going on. Number five, winning is more important than valuing the worth of your partner. You may win, even a lot, but it's not good for your relationship. The temporary high of getting the upper hand disappears when you have to live with someone who doesn't feel respected. My response to this constant bickering? You can keep on arguing about who's wrong or right, but you're wasting your money on therapy. You might as well spend it on a legal separation or a divorce, or decide you're going to remain unhappily married. That usually stops the verbiage for a moment. At least they take a breath. The good news? These issues can be figured out, resolved in some way. New habits can be formed. Real listening, not just waiting for the other one to hush so you can say what's on your mind. It takes both people taking responsibility for their behavior that is harming the relationship. Feeling wrong all the time leads to resentment, eventual withdrawal. Being right all the time, you're likely to be one lonely person. You just listened to the post titled, Do You Fight to Be Right? Five Reasons Why You Might, by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And a big thank you to Dr. Margaret for this really important piece on fighting and what might be lying underneath our arguments with loved ones. And what's troublesome for me about this article, or well, what makes me sad anyway, is that a lot of the things she's talking about take a very long time to understand or unwind. Unfortunately, this is just not the type of article that we can take with us into our next fight so much as it provides a wonderful stepping stone for really important self-work. I think it's a really wonderful invitation into therapy more than anything, which is great. But I guess what I'm advising is to take, uh, take caution should you choose to share with your partner what you've learned here today. These are not the types of things to throw out in the middle of an argument when emotions are high. At best, if you feel this article is of use to you or your partner, and it very likely could be, it should be examined when feelings are calm and that there's an openness to self-discovery rather than aggression or the protection of a certain point or side of an argument. So be very tactical about how you might use this article. And if you do present it to your partner, look at how it might speak to your reasons for fighting as much as it does their reasons for fighting. And be sure to take responsibility for your role in the relationship. Okay, team, that is going to do it for this one. I thank you as always for stopping in, and I do hope you'll come back and join me again tomorrow for the reading of another great post. And where your optimal life awaits.